Welcome to the Startup Competitors Podcast, where we talk with early stage entrepreneurs to understand what information they use to inform product roadmap, strategy, and market differentiation. Welcome to the show. Today we have Rachel Shroff, who's the co-founder and CEO of Lynx. Rachel, welcome. Thank you so much, Mike, for having me. Happy to have you. Let's start with a quick uh, elevator pitch for Lynx. Absolutely. So Lynx enables operations efficiency and workflow automation to improve guest experience for smart apartment hotels, boutique hotels, vacation rentals. We work with property management companies as well as owner operators. We are connected with over 300 different types of smart devices like smart locks, thermostats, lights, sensors. And we have a lot of features that involve no mobile app that is required but we can provide digital keys and codes, which are time sensitive. Links is used in over 200 cities, five countries. And till date, we've had over 300,000 users that have actually used our platform. That's awesome. Who is the, that you're selling to the person who runs the apartment or the hotel? Is that, is that correct? That's right. So anyone that owns or manages the rental asset, that's whom we sell to. So it's typically a business or a property management company, not individuals. And then who's the user? Is there is it just the property manager or do, is there an app that I download as a user if I'm staying at one of those apartments or how, how does that work? So we have two flavors of our software. The first one is what we call as our portal or our dashboard. That's for the property management company. So local and regional managers, operations staff back in, um, you know, corporate or in the field will use that portal and um, basically run their day-to-day operations using that portal. And then we also have a web app that a guest who's staying in that rental property will have access to. But the guest's access or resident's access is limited to the time period they're going to be there at the property. And after that, they do not have access to any functionality within the app. And if I'm a resident, am I getting invited to the links? app or am I getting a white labeled invite from the property manager in some way? So yes, it is a white label app for the residents and we also have a links app. So if someone doesn't want to white label, it's an optional upgrade for them. And if it is a white label, which a lot of our customers do, then it would seem like it has come from that company. It has their logo, their brand colors. You would not know you're using links, but we're kind of running that entire application in the background. Okay. All right. I'm going to save that question. And I have a bunch of questions around white labeling versus not white labeling. But so you already shared a couple of kind of stats around usage. I 
think I heard like 300 cities, five countries. Talk to me a little bit about any other vanity metrics you can share around the business in terms of where you're at. That could be employees, funding, revenue, anything that you're comfortable sharing uh, to help paint a picture for somebody who's listening. Oh, yeah, definitely. A lot of the metrics that I'm extremely proud of, knowing what I know about the company, we've grown. So we've been in business for about three and a half years. And for the last three years, we've grown 3x or more every single year uh, consecutively. That's awesome. So we're very, very proud of that. We're still a very small team, though, just about, you know, 18 people or so. But hey, we're a, we're a startup. We roll up our sleeves and we get done a lot. <laughs> 18 people sounds like a lot to me for some of the SaaS companies I know. So that, that's great. <laughs> no, thank you. So uh, talk to me a little bit about competition in the space. When you think of competitors for links, who or what comes to mind? And, and you don't necessarily have to name competitors if you don't want to, but... Um, are there direct competitors in the space or are you dealing with the status quo or talk to me a little bit about your competitive landscape? Sure. So, yes, like every company, everyone, you know, if you're in business, you you have to have competitors. I would say that our competitor is sometimes, you know, non-connected devices like a lockbox. Hey, I have a key inside a lockbox. My guest can get it. Why do I need to upgrade to a digital experience? You know, so a lockbox is a competitor. But um, yes, there are companies, in fact, a lot of companies that are providing smart home automation as a service. The biggest difference I would say is that Lynx is the only company that is hardware agnostic. We do not make any hardware that is supported through the software platform. Um, most of our competitors make at least one piece of the hardware and then they kind of you know maybe add a couple other partners i gotta stop you there why did you decide not to do that if that's what most of your competitors are doing why was that a strategic decision for you um hardware is hard to do and to get it right it also means that you would need a lot more capital than you have to um having said that being hardware agnostic was a very important part of why we even decided to do this. So I actually manage own and manage my own rental properties, long-term and short-term. And I've been doing that for over 12 years now. And there's so much of variety of devices out there. And yet there is not one single device that works well across all the properties in my portfolio. I have to mix and match. And if you have to mix and match, then you need a platform that is compatible with a lot more and is not forcing a particular hardware down your throat. And then if you look at it, Samsung makes smart devices. So does Nest. There is Asa, Bloy, and Schleck, which have been in business for decades. It would be rather quite foolish for me to come, you know, think that, um, we would be able to build hardware and compete. It would be a different business altogether. And we just wanted to be a platform for smart home automation and provide that as a service and focus on the automation part of it rather than become a device manufacturer. So I'm going to 
I'm just going to keep pulling on different threads here based on what you said. I apologize. So you rent uh, or were renting a, a handful of properties and you saw this as a problem and you decided to do this. What's your background? Is it all real estate property management? Are you a technologist by trade? What's What got you to make the jump to decide to go do this? This was this is the best question you've asked me because now I get to toot the horn. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm an engineer by qualification now. That's all I can say. But very early part of my engineering, you know, life, I've worked on products, both hardware and software. So I've worked on ATM machines, nice. um, point of sale systems, mobile phones. So a lot of engineering you know, background um, that I was able to unleash uh, from. And then I spent about 12 years in uh, sales positions, but for tech companies. So my role was to work with, say, CTO of a organization, helping them build their next product or consult them or bring my team who would actually design and develop the product. So again, a lot of consulting expertise that brought in evaluating a product for what it is and then saying what it lacks and hence, Mr. Customer, I'll help you build it, right? That's where evaluating competition, finding the niche in the product that you want to recommend a customer to build. Can I use all of that for myself? <laughs> yeah. And and then, f- so if you're a technologist by trade, f- flip to the other side now how in the world did you get into real estate i i have i don't know i have this uncanny passion for real estate and i genuinely don't know where it comes from but when i'm bored i would love go shopping properties <laughs> so over time i've built a built a very very profitable portfolio you know and then experimented a lot like any business does in saying long-term versus short-term where's the best NOI you know occupancy levels everything so I kind of feel like I I did that because I was so passionate about it while my job was something that I enjoyed but was there because it also gave me you know a great paycheck yeah that's fantastic all right tell me a little bit more about white label versus non-white label i'm i'm super interested about this because i a lot of companies struggle with this should we offer a white labeled version or not um i'd love anything you can do to kind of recall those early conversations and links and and how those unfolded I i would love to know your thoughts on when and why you decided to offer it and what that experience has been to give you some context to the answer I'm providing you, Lynx works with a large variety of, you know, companies that have very different kind of business. So when you're a property management company managing, say, a couple hundred properties in a traditional market, which is like, say, Lake Tahoe or Destin, Florida or Outer Banks, Northern, you know, North Carolina. You don't quite build a tech team within your organization. And these are the companies that will look at links as their tech solution partner. For these companies, having their brand in the hands of the customers is extremely important. So that's when we decided that having 
there are so many guest experience products out there. And the way we will be able to differentiate ourselves is by doing two things, providing an end-to-end automation experience across email, text, app, everything. And then the second one was obviously the white label and ability to white label everything. So our customer doesn't have to build any tech in-house. They can use smart devices or not. And still they have that automation that can, you know, make their ex- their guest experience completely automated under their brand. On the other hand, we also work with a lot of companies that are just starting out with, say, like 5, 10, 20 units in an urban market. You know, the typical Airbnb host that decides to make it a, a you know, a business versus... Let me make some extra money by renting a room. So that's not our customer, but someone who is a company, much smaller, may not necessarily have the ability to even purchase white label. And and that's okay. We still have the app and um, it promotes our brand. And, you know, that's a fair trade between a customer who wants it versus not. I love it. Uh, Raisha, do you have startup swag? Do you uh, do you have like links, t-shirts and stuff like that for your team? Absolutely. Yeah. So we have a sponsor for this podcast, Fuel Merchandise Group, uh, that does startup swag. So uh, all of the branded things that you would want for your team and your clients. How often do you think that you end up, I know you said you do a lot of trade shows and stuff like that. How often are you buying swag as a startup founder? Um, a lot, actually. So we buy conference trade show swag at least twice a year. We also purchase swag, which are Lynx branded installation pens. And we send them with every single box of smart devices that is programmed by our team. So probably every month we're buying branded stuff. Um, Holy cow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, if you're listening to this and you would like some startup swag for your own company, you can go to fuelmerchandise.com and mention startup competitors and you'll get a you'll get 10% off your first order. I am super interested in the sales cycle. Well, maybe let's before I ask that question, let's back up. Talk to me about how you sell links. Is it customers reaching out to you because of marketing activities? Are you doing direct outreach to property managers? Talk to me a little bit about how you and your team approach sales. It would be very unfair to say that we do just one thing. Like any other company who wants to be successful has to try out a bullet. Maybe you try it out for a month or a quarter and decide if it's for you or not. So I would say we have push strategies and we also have pull strategies. You'll find us at a lot of trade shows and conferences. You'll find us on all our partner pages, for example. But then we also have a sales team that does, you know, lead generation. I would say that we are more a sales-led organization than marketing, but one is not a substitute for another. Yeah. And when you're in those conversations from a sales perspective, are prospects comparing you against other solutions on the market or 
are they really only talking to you or maybe maybe not only that's the wrong word but are they primarily talking to you from a technology perspective and then the alternative is you know do it yourself legacy lockbox whatever the case may be do you find that they're doing a selection or is it really no they're like you're the one introducing them to this digital world um you'll find all kinds of customers and companies at different levels but typically the customers we're talking to understand or know that lockbox is not the best out there and it's not the best experience for their guests or residents either so they are looking for an upgrade however a lot of them are confused because there is so much technology out there and they may not necessarily understand which one's the best one for them like i said it's very difficult to find one single solution that's going to fit well on all properties all door types all wiring types and all regions uh, or cities even within the us so they're looking for consulting of some sort and that's where again that hardware agnostic positioning has been tremendously an advantage we're not trying to sell something to our customer because we make it we're telling them everything that is out there and so we're able to help them pick the best device for that property or region and then we are able to give them the same software that can control over 300 different devices our closest uh, smart platform you know smart home automation platform kind of company has 10 devices total 10 versus 300 now imagine the amount of you know risk aversion you know um, risk aversion customers love that that okay there is no risk here in adopting this technology you're not trying to sell us something because you made it we can also scale with you very easily because no matter where my business takes me you'll have something that is compatible with your platform so there's just so much business advantage you know apart from in choosing us versus a competitor and then obviously the you know smart technology has its own benefits which you know um there is no need for us to get into yeah do you think you have product market fit absolutely yes and i'll tell you that you know by giving you some data points we are working with the top 7 apartment hotel companies in the world today and <laughs> that wouldn't happen if our product didn't do what it said it does and it didn't do it extremely well that's a great answer that's the best answer i've had to that question yet that's fantastic all right here's another one if i gave you $500,000 to spend right now where would you spend that and why growth growth and growth sales marketing build the organization from a customer success standpoint as well because like i mentioned we have some extremely large customers that we won so having a customer success organization that you know services and retains them is also very critical so that's where i would spend all of that money do you have an experience where you sell the product to a customer and maybe they're they use it for a period of time and then adoption starts to fall off does that happen 
Uh, that's a very interesting question. I have only seen otherwise where we have customers who have started with saying, you know, I want to just try it on five or 10. And then they stay there for, say, a few weeks or months. And then suddenly, once they realize it's all working and it's doing wonders, it's like a hockey stick with every customer where suddenly they'll then go like, boom, okay, do 200 or 500 or here's six properties in Chicago that we're converting or, you know, Austin's a big market for us as well. So I've always seen the otherwise where they're first very uh, scared to try something new. And then once they get a feel of the technology, and then there is this aha moment after that. That's fantastic. So then talk to me about customer success. What are those folks doing on a regular basis? A lot of things, but they are onboarding customers. They are ensuring that uh, the software, every single module, every single uh, feature is something a customer understands and uh, is able to implement. So to give you a data point on what I mean by that is, Once a customer comes on board, typically within the first six months, they will have at least between 100 to 200 users that they add to our platform, which belongs to, which is not their guest. It's basically their staff members or contractors who need permanent or temporary temporary access to different properties or regions. So that allows us to just simply penetrate so much within the customer's operations and organization. We become, you know, kind of second nature to them, right? That's the place they come and they manage the people. So that adoption is a big part of what we're focusing on and, um, you know, some fundamental SES metrics as well. What's the biggest challenge you face to date in the business? If I have to just pick one, it will always be my people. Whether I'm hiring people, I am um, talk, figuring out ways to keep them motivated. Uh, you know, make them feel. No, I'm, I'm I'm not taking this one. This one sounds like a, a pretty politically correct answer. Get, like you personally, what's the biggest thing you personally have struggled with in launching this business? Okay, I see what you're saying. So I I would say then in. You know, the early part of the journey is always harder. So there is no way I'm going to pick anything other than those first few months. Yeah. It's hard because you don't have a team and you're trying to do it all. Also, there's a lot of anxiety around every hour you're, you know, kind of self-doubting it. Wait, that that goes away? It does. I can tell you, at least with my experience, the hours become days, days become weeks. But, um, I mean, there is always going to be anxiety because you're constantly thinking about competition, growth, the next big problem you're solving. But it's not like, am I viable or not? You know, am I? Yeah. It's not that kind of anxiety. And it's not like every hour, I'm not questioning myself anymore. Am I in the right place? Should I have done this? No matter what the outcome is, I'm going to... I'm going to cherish this, this experience. I'm enjoying it thoroughly. But the first six months, I wasn't sure if I should be doing what I'm doing and it was worth quitting my <laughs> job for it. 
Um, so yeah, I think that would be the toughest part. The other big part of our struggle, which I think people don't understand or realize is it's not a joke to build 300 different integrations <laughs> and build <laughs> partnerships. Um, yeah. And the biggest companies in our industry um, haven't been able to do that. So literally convincing every single partner to open their APIs to a startup who, who they have no idea is going to survive and why they should do that. I feel like it's a miracle <laughs> that I pulled it off. Can we talk about that for a second? How many of those partners of those 300 and uh, rough numbers, you don't like, they just don't have to be exact, but how many of them do you think had public APIs that you were just plugging into versus you were literally convincing them to open up something that was not open before? My first 20 or 25, especially on the lock side, nothing's open. They oh have my. an API. It's not open. You go through a lot of work in terms of getting the right people to sign the NDA, provide that API or SDK, because we're directly, we, we have 95% of all the locks on the market compatible to the platform. So, no. How, how did you get those conversations? Again, I don't know if you're going to like my answer, but the real answer is hustle. There is nothing else that you can do as a founder. Um, <laughs> you find all possible ways to reach someone or find someone who can make a warm intro. That's always the best thing. To happen, but that's not easy if you're, uh, you know, I didn't know anybody in the lock space, to be very honest. I didn't have connections where someone could introduce me to Asa Bloy or Yale or Schlag or um, anyone for that matter. So you have 95% of the locks. And when you started this company, you knew nobody in the space. That is correct. Yeah. You're amazing. That's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Okay, what do you what are the trends that you see in the market right now that you're well positioned for? When you look at uh and those could be technology trends, market trends, whatever. When when you look at kind of where you're going, so this is a little bit future facing, what do you look at and you're like super excited for because you and the team are exactly where you need to be to take advantage of that? Right. Um so I'll, I'll talk about a couple of different trends that excite me today. One is that the vacation rental as an industry, you know, is has been around for a very, very long time. We've been doing what Verbos and Airbnbs for a while. Airbnb is one of the newest one, actually. So the companies we work with in the traditional markets have been there for 20, 50 years sometimes. But it's now that venture money is coming into this industry. Where, you know, a few examples of customers like Vacasa, Stay Alfred, the Guild, all of them have raised between, you know, 10 to 200 to 50 million each. So a lot of venture money pouring into the industry, gaining a lot of momentum, um, also leaving, leaving an opportunity for a lot of companies like ourselves who, you know, are within that ecosystem to be, you know, to benefit makes it more competitive even between the traditionals and the traditional and the urban market. So I that's very exciting to me personally. From a tech trend perspective, every year uh, we're seeing smart home devices becoming mainstream, penetration increasing between five and seven percent. 
year on year. So all of that, obviously, I kind of knew. That's not the exciting part, to be honest. What, what excites me was one of the research by McKenzie, where companies are adopting this smart home technology only by using a third party or a company like ourselves to actually implement that technology. They're not doing it on their own. They don't want to do it on their own. And they don't want to even buy devices on their own. So that's very exciting that our role, our position as someone who is agnostic, consultative approach is working and is resonating very well. And McKenzie kind of validated what we're yeah. already seeing. So that's exciting. That That is fantastic. Let's flip that around. What are maybe some market trends that you think you and the team might be poorly positioned for and you're hustling to maybe catch up to that? And I mean this when I say this, be, you know, uh, hiring a team and training a team and keeping that team to to just stay in par with the growth you are experiencing is extremely challenging. And I find myself spending more than half of my time just constantly building my team. We, we have seven open positions right now. To meet the forecasted growth, we would need those people. To convert all the contracts we have into actual execution, I need the people to meet those contracts. So it's, and I feel like I'm just playing catch up for the last, you know, year or something. So it's good in a way, but, you know. And where are you hiring? What What geographic market are you in? Um, so our company is based out of Sacramento. Um, so a lot of our positions are here in Sacramento uh, region. But then when it comes to sales or inside sales, uh, lead gen positions, they are all over the U.S. So we're trying to build a team, at least, you know, a East Coast, Midwest and a West Coast team. So if there are listeners out there. <laughs> do it. Do it. <laughs> then please come to come work with us um, and uh, you can send your resume to recruit at getlinks.co that's co i have to do it right can't leave that no I, I love it i was gonna ask, if you didn't do it naturally i was gonna ask you to that's awesome <laughs> okay so what are you working on right now personally what's the thing that you're trying to learn could be business related uh could be in your personal life give me the thing that you're trying to get better at um you know since we've talked so much about business i'm going to actually tell you where i am at or learning focusing on personally is i've i've been reading a lot about health fitness and founder burnout. <laughs> and, um, I, I, I'm, I'm guilty of all of that. I've, I've not. I've been at a point where I haven't. I have. I had not exercised for two years straight. Didn't take a vacation. I. I don't know. I mean, and it's real. It's really, really bad. So, um, I'm really trying to focus on trying to regain my myself in a way. I'm working on eating better, so I'm focused. I'm, I've been reading about whole food, plant-based diet and how that is, uh, you know, good for you. Uh, try and go for a hike. 
um <coughs> you know over the weekend that's that's a good way to kind of go out breathe fresh air and um get some exercise without feeling like i'm actually exercising so that's been my focus outside of work is to to make sure i i can continue to enjoy this journey um without kind of losing myself completely good for you i Thank love it all right. So if people would like to learn more about links where, or if they want to get in touch with you, where's the best place for them to do that? LinkedIn is the best place to get in touch with me personally. You can find me, uh, Reisha Shroff. Um, come look at our LinkedIn page. It should show up under links. Actually, we're formally called Virtual Key, so you might find a lot of um, information out there on that. Uh, to learn more about our company, uh, just come to our website, getlinks.co. That's getlinks.co. And if you are a potential customer out there, please schedule a demo. I have to say that too, Mike. <laughs> Good for you. I love it. <laughs> and they can schedule a demo just off the website? That's right. Yeah. They can talk Perfect. to a real person once they schedule a demo. Yeah. I love it. All right. Uh, Raisha, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a pleasure. If you're thinking of launching a SaaS product, startup competitors can provide data on your closest competitors, survey potential users, or provide other product validation services. Learn more at startupcompetitors.com.